yet social media all we see is this happy persona of this person and it builds this false sense of reality and yes it's a blessing and a curse social media but if you can view that and understand um that most people will just show the best parts of their life it's not actually reality instagram social media isn't reality real life happens outside of that that was jensen andre and this is the running deep podcast good morning good afternoon good evening to all of you that are listening to the running deep podcast me your host kent mullins now i just want to say to everyone that has reached out to me via social media or email, thank you. Um, you know, I haven't been as active on social media or doing this podcast and getting podcast episodes to you guys. Uh, and that's just because, um, you know, I've just transitioned into a new job. And I've said this in many podcast episodes before, you know, just trying to balance family life, you know, trying to keep active work and the podcast is a chaotic balancing act. Like it, it, it's hard, it's tough, but you know, I love this. I love this thing I do with you guys. And um, yeah, I'm going to try and make this thing, not try and make it work. I'm going to make it work. Um, but other than that, look, I just want to say I'm okay. I really am okay. I've just taken some time off. Um, I did put a post up on social media for you guys that didn't see, um, but yeah, I'm back. Might not be as frequent as, you know, weekly or fortnightly like I promised, but I'm going to try to get these uh, episodes to you guys as frequently as possible. But enough about me, more about my guest that I had on this week, who was Jansen Andre. Now, Jansen, um, what, a cool, what a cool guy. Honestly, he has done so much in, I think, the 28 years he's been on this planet. Um, you might recognize him from social media, uh, Plant Strong Jans. You know, he's a, he's a massive advocate for mental health um, and a plant-based diet. Or you might know him if you're from Australia, uh, him from the hit series, oh, I think it was a couple years ago, uh, Summer Heights High. Um, he is a child actor. He is an endurance athlete. He's a plant-based athlete. And, you know, to break this down over this episode... We really dove deep into that. You know, he grew up without a father or a masculine figure in his life. And he even said in the episode, he was a very feminine guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think we all need to be in touch with our feminine side that tiny bit more. Um, And growing up and, you know, not having that guidance and how it's affected him in his day in life today. We dive deep on you know, social media and how realistic it is, you know, versus real life. We dive into, you know, how to stick to a whole food slash plant-based diet and a tiny bit, you know, into his child acting and, and modeling. But, it, you know, it was a well-rounded conversation. There were many, many nuggets of knowledge and wisdom in there. You know, even with, you know, he ran 250 kilometers around a 400-meter track, for God's sake. You know, so you've got to have some sort of mental capacity and understanding and self-awareness to push yourself to those limits, to really have an understanding of how to get through those darkest moments, not just with running, but with mental health and growing up, you know, as he quotes in, you know, he was never fitting in to the, the social norm back in the day. 
but I'm not going to dive too deep into it. This is just an introduction into the conversation with me and Jansen Andre. Enjoy. We're on? Sick. Dude, thank you uh, so much for coming on the podcast and taking time out of your busy day, your schedule, um, to do this with me, to do the thing. Yeah, we're, we're doing it, finally. And um, <laughs> I'm glad, glad you invited me on and I'm keen keen to have a chat and excited excited to be here. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so first of all, you know, just before we we got on or got on this, I want to talk about just straight off the bat, you ran 250 kilometres around a 400-metre track in 31 hours for mental health. Like, usually how I do it is that there's a bit of a build-up to give a bit of context into who you are, but... I think for you, I just want to get straight into it and then we can just go dive deep into everything else. Um, because it's so recent as well, I'd just rather get it right now. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so I ran 250 kilometres to raise awareness for mental health and suicide yeah. as it is something that is very close to me um, with friends and family and I've had some close calls and lost some people due to it so for me it was more so raising the awareness than raising the money i chose living as an organization um, for the money to be donated to and i think they are a great organization and so lucky that they are you know exist that people can go to them and they've built such a great platform for people to be able to reach out um, especially in the men's kind of world as well females as well but men i feel more so hide their emotions um and their sensitive and feminine characteristics because mm -hmm. of fear of losing masculinity or being judged as more of like a pussy or things like that and i guess for me that resonates so hard because as a child that was me um, well, more so as a child, I was someone who was more feminine um, and was the, sorry, the complete opposite. So I can see the other side where men are hiding what I never hid um, because that's how I was. Um, and I never really fit in as a kid, you know, because I went to an all boys school and was surrounded by masculinity. So anyway, this 250 kilometers, let's not go too far back let's <laughs> let, let's go back to yeah. the question um yeah it was almost two weeks ago now and i'm very lucky not lucky but i had a plan going into it in terms of my whole strategy with the run slash walk so it was around a 400 meter track but i would run for 13 minutes at about a six minute pace and then walk for two minutes so all i had to mentally focus on was 13 minutes, and then I got a two-minute break. So, wait, say so that again. 13 minutes and a... Two minutes walking. Oh, my... Holy... Oh, my God. So, that's all I had to focus on yeah, the yeah, whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't to worry about anything else because if I looked too far ahead... Like, I, I remember the first lap, everyone was on the sidelines, and they were like, 624 to go. I'm like, oh, guys, shut the please. <laughs> I know I'm doing that many laps. Like, let's just... <laughs> Yeah. focus um because when you when you focus on the bigger picture or it gets way too overwhelming and you're like what am i even doing here this is ridiculous yeah. there was probably two points in the first night it was where i was yeah. by myself i was only by myself for about 30 minutes the whole time 
when otherwise then I chose to be by myself because I needed my space. But it was in that time, it, I think it was about 11 p.m. the first night. So I started at 6.25 p.m. Yep. Um, just because I was doing 6.25 laps, I was like, let's start at 6.25 p.m. just because. Had to start at some point. Um, and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. this is ridiculous. I'm by myself out here running in a circle. There is no one out here. I'm an idiot. <laughs> like, who who in their world would do this? Yeah. Yeah. And in that point, it would be so easy to be like, cool, let's just stop and go. But uh, since I was a kid, I'm someone who's like, I finish what I start always, no matter what. Anyway, it was an amazing thing to experience people who I'd never met before or have met once or spoken to before roll in at like midnight, 1am, 2am, in the middle of the night to run for like two hours with me. Who does that? I think with that is that like, and I want to touch on this later on, but with what you're doing, I, I, I think you're giving... No, and th- this is a common theme with the guests I have on. You're giving permission to others to do something hard. Like, because you're doing it, they're following. And, and, and it gives them the light to go, shit, if he can do it, I can do it. Like, who, as you said, who's going to fucking run around a track at midnight, one o'clock in the morning with you? But if it wasn't for you, they wouldn't have done it. Mm. So you're, 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 you're allowing these people to actually do something bigger than themselves. Which is amazing. You know, the most beautiful thing over the weekend was seeing people that had never met each other before and that I had never met, you know, congregate for the same cause and like mingle and get along. It's something beautiful to watch when you see strangers, Mm -hmm. you know, mingling and they're all there for the, the one event or the one reason, whatever it is in life, and seeing them get along and talk and exchange and find you know, commonalities between each other and they walk out as friends. It is the most beautiful thing to watch. Like it brings a tear to my eye. And so like in those low points, what, you know, so the first, first night was tough, but then going into that sort of second or towards the end where things like you're, you're hurting, hurting, what, you know, those low points, what do they look like? Like, what are you saying in your head and how are you pulling yourself out of that hole? It's funny because this time around, I probably, I, it got really hard on the, on the second day after the sun came up and it was, yeah. it was hot, like it was beaming hot and I didn't realise how hot it was going to get. I was so fortunate to have such a good support crew and I think when you go and do things like this, it's so important to have good people around you. Um, It's important to have a good training schedule going into it rather than just showing up to something massive like this. Although you can get through it mentally, it's like, how are you going to come out of it? You know, we're on this planet for a long time, for longevity. That's, you know, how I live my life is I want to do things. I want to be running until I'm 100, right? I don't want to be doing small little challenges because I can. How am I going to look at 50? So it's so important to have a good support network around you. So I'm lucky to have had people stay on because I was in a totally different headspace. The heat was pouring down on me and I just was, all I was focusing on was that 13 minutes, that 13 minutes. That's all I was focusing on. And I was like, sweet. And I broke that 13 minutes down 
because that 13 minutes started to become longer. It's the same 13 minute block, but all of a sudden of that 13 minute block, I'm five minutes in. I'm like, shit, I've got another eight minutes. Okay. All I have to focus on is another eight minutes and then I get to walk for two minutes. And I kept breaking that 13 minute block down into smaller chunks. Cool. I've got three minutes left. Then I get a walk. But it probably didn't hit me until I was 200. Even after 200K, man, I was still feeling really good. Yeah. I was walking off the track for my little breaks. Like, so I broke it up, right? So with that 13 minute and then the two minute, after 25K, I would have a five minute break. Like I'd go back to the stand where the chairs were, the recovery boots and all that kind of stuff. Wouldn't get in them because it would take way too long yeah. to actually. You need to, you need twenty minutes for those of you who don't know the recovery boots um, that you put on. You know, move around the lactic acid and flush that out. So you need a good twenty minutes for it to actually do something. So I didn't waste time with that. I just sat down, had something more decent to eat, um, had few chats to keep my brain kind of still mentally stimulated. Um, but it wasn't until I think it was a hundred kilometers. I did it all in silence, the first the first bit with like people talking. And then after that, it's funny, I had one friend come along and he loves to chat. He'll know who he is listening to this, but he loves to chat and have a joke. And for me, I was at the point where I was like, right, I need headphones, I need music, yep, I can't yep. listen to this shit right now. I just, I need to be Focus. plugged in. I, I, I wasn't into having the jokes. You know, <laughs> not when you're doing something. I was a hundred k deep, bro. I was yeah. like, not the time, man. Not the yeah. time. So I was like, someone give me my headphones. And from the next hundred and fifty k, I was just plugged in the whole time. Yeah. Um. So that's when I knew, like, I needed a vice to tap into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, two hundred k's in, man. I was still walking off the track. I was, I was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my body was fine. I was feeling mentally strong. I couldn't believe how good I felt after 200 kilometers already like clocked. I was like, this is ridiculous. So it just goes to show that strategy of the run walk really, really works. And before going into it, I did the research. I I looked up, you know, the studies and, you know, elite people around the world, ultra marathon runners, we're using this strategy, whether it was 13.2 or four kilometers on, one kilometer off, everyone had been using a run slash walk strategy. And to anyone listening, you know, you kind of think your ego goes, why would I walk? That's, I'm, that's yeah. the most stupid thing ever. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to lose time, but you actually gain time because if you try and run until you need to walk, it's already too late. They think they're banking time for the later, yeah. the later time in the day, but it's actually all accumulating in one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after the 250 kilometers was done, I still finished with a 6 minute 48 average, which is insane. When I saw that, because I was following the whole thing, I was like trying to figure it out, like because they're like, oh, he's 120K in or 150K in. And I was like, fuck, it's only been like 12-something hours. I'm like, what pace are you holding there? Because, of, of course, on phone, yeah, like you can't tell if what someone's running. But then I was like, fuck, you're, you're doing like a 6.30, between 6.30, 7-minute pace. And then when I saw the la- the time of 31 hours or whatever it was, I was like, are you, that like 
what's what was your hundred mile split? So roughly, um, I know at twenty four hours I hit two hundred k at twenty four hours. Fuck! So that's like a sixteen. That'd be hundred miles, so hundred and sixty k. I don't know what. If you're yeah, if you're passing two hundred at twenty four hours, you you're moving. Yeah, you're moving, man. That's that's fucking impressive, dude. Like that's impressive. That's fast, man. It just goes to show with a solid plan. Mm. Like you know, you saying that for me. I saw somebody else maybe a few months ago do the uh, the 24-hour run in Bondi where they would run up and down and one of my mates. Mm. And when I saw his 24-hour, it was like 190K or something like that. I looked at that. I was like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. And then when I clocked the 24-hour, I was like, wow, you did I did more. <laughs> <laughs> How? Yeah. Do you think that comes like with your lifestyle – you know, about wellness and, mm. and, and just looking after your body. Your body is your temple sort of ideology. Do you think that comes into play with your, your athleticism, like w- with recovery and inflammation and whatnot, because you are completely plant-based? You know, there are so many studies that are saying for athletes, I, I know you're going to hear the, the carnivore guy that goes, uh, eat meats and da 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 Just do it. Just eat what you want. But for you personally, do you think that had a big part to play in your recovery and how you felt at the 200 kilometer mark i think because i didn't change anything going into the race and then coming out of it my diet was exactly the same Mm -hmm. so leading up into it and then even during i was you know fueling on plants and and everything like that it's funny because a lot of people when it comes to race day they tend to they tend to change what they normally train on and eat and then find that yeah you know having the having the gels or whatever it is because it's race day yeah the body doesn't respond that way so for me my body fuels best on whole foods and plants it has done so for the past eight years i'm dialed in knowing how my body responds how it recovers um and the fact that I was still walking off the track when we finished um, is a good sign to know that like I'm what I fuel myself on really works for me. Um, And it may not work for everybody else, but you know, finding that takes some time finding what works for you and what works for your body rather than just following what I eat. Um, trial trial it and see how it responds with your body you know due to social media we're so caught up on these fad diets and following what kendall jenner or so and so is doing because they're doing it you know i should do it but if it doesn't work then getting cut up that it's not working but everyone's human anatomy is made up of same thing but it's all different Mm -hmm. right so Coming back to your question, um, yeah, I believe that I recover a lot quicker than a lot of people. Um, you know, even after a huge race, like I'll be out the next day, you know, walking around or like going for a recovery run, not after a, a 250-kilometer yeah. race, but like even after Cairns Ironman um, the year prior, um, it was two days or three days later, I was out again like jogging around. 
It, it's crazy because um, last year I did uh, Glass House 100 with Jordan. Oh, yes. And I was like... After that, when I, I after I finished, I was like, I'm I'm buckled. Like next day, I was my body was cooked, and then I messaged Jordan. I'm like, how like how do you pull up? Because of his like, it was just sort of like because of his diet, because he's plant based as well. The next day, I was like, yeah, I just went for a little recovery run. What do you mean? Like you just ran a hundred kilometers last night, and now you're running again? Oh, like completely blown away. Now, like to transition, so to sort of pivot this. For the person that wants to stick to, like, this is like a question for me, actually. Yeah, cool. I've had issues in the past, like, I've gone vego, pescatarian, vego, pescatarian, eat meat again, back to vego, back to pescatarian. So, for the person out there that is, like me, sort of struggling to just stick to it, what, what is something you can give us, the audience, me, just a little tip or something to, to stick to a, a vegan or a veg- vegetarian, pescatarian, whatever diet? I think, um, great question. It's funny because um, I have someone close to me going through the same thing at the moment and she went really hard in the beginning mm. and out of interest of the way my diet is um, and didn't do the research properly and um, wasn't really sure of you know her why mm. uh, and then went back to the way that she was eating before because, you know, when you change your diet so dramatically, your body goes through a serious detox, um, you know, gets cleans itself out. And for a lot of people that don't understand what it's doing or all that, they go, whoa, this is no good for me. Um, I'm feeling terrible. But it's that phase of that little hump that you have to get through to get onto the other side. You know, it's like challenges in life. You know, you're going to come to a mountain. It's going to be hard. But if you keep going, eventually you're going to get over the mountain. If you stop and go back, then it's like you're just going to go back to where you came from. So somebody that's struggling to to undertake a vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian lifestyle, I would suggest, in my opinion and from experience, is to do things slowly um, so that you're not overwhelmed and your body's not overwhelmed. Kind of like when I did the 250K run, like I didn't look at the 250K run and be like, sweet, I'm running 250Ks. I broke it down to 13 minutes, two minutes, 13 minutes, two minutes. And then slowly, 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 I got through and at the end I completed 250 kilometers. But I didn't look at it. So say that I didn't look at going vegan was – and the end goal was vegan. Personally, I I went straight away. That's how I did it. But I suggest people um, who can't do that is to eliminate something one by one, you know, or replace something one by one so that, you know, say for instance, you have, you know, dairy in your coffee, switch it up to soy. If you don't like soy, try oat, try coconut, try almond until you find something that you like, then stick with that. Once you've nailed that, then you know, change maybe the cheese or something else. Just um, like a process of elimination. Basically. Process of elimination or try incorporating, you know, um, dinner vegan three nights a week or breakfast vegan every day of the week. You know, that can be oats or a smoothie until your body gets used to that and then be like, okay, I've got a handle on this. Let's try, let's try adding mm-hmm. or eliminating okay. yep, something yep, else. Yep. 
rather than going, sweet, let's get rid of everything. Yeah. Let's clean the whole pantry out. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing. There's like, everything's being ripped out of my life. Like I've, yeah, yeah. it's so common and yeah. I see it all the time. Um, so yeah, but then also, you know, do your research, do, do your study. It's kind of like going into a new job or going into war. You want to be armed with all of the information possible and be confident that when you go out there, you, you can complete the task or you, you can go vegan or whatever, or you can have that conversation because you know the knowledge. You know, there's still times that I'm in conversations where I'm not knowledgeable and I can't mm. completely answer that that question that somebody's asking me, why this, why that? Um, and I just respond with saying, I I don't have the answer. I haven't done the research on it, but, you know, I I will look into it. Rather than being like, oh, I've got no idea, like, uh, 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 and then you mm. begin to look like unconfident. Mm. And then if it, you are new into it, then you'd be like, oh, everyone's hanging on me. I don't really know the answer. Oh, this isn't for me. This is too hard. I'm getting grilled here. You know, change is something that humans aren't a massive fan of because it's uncomfortable, right? Um, but I love change. Mm. Um, yeah. That is exactly like I'm going to look at this later or listen to this later. I'm just going to break down, break all that down because I, in the past I have had issues, not issues. I just can't stick to it. I just can't stick to it because I've done exactly what you said. Just all plant-based foods, all whole foods. Yep, there we go. I'm going to make this, 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 this. And then I get burnt out because I'm like, I don't, I don't know the recipes. I don't know. Like um, iron deficiency was a big one for me. Pro that's another I'm not even gonna get into this on this Protein. one. But I don't <laughs> because I've done the research on that and it's not research, but I've read a few articles recently that you get your protein. You do get your protein in. Um yeah, like there, there are a few deficiencies that I s not I wouldn't say struggled with, but because I went so hard into it, I didn't do the research so it didn't feel right with me. So I quit. So, yeah, thank you for that because then, you know, that, that just sort of paints a picture for myself just to incrementally change things and, yeah, swap change and oh, that's good. That helps. I think um, I think what it is is a lot of people and social media has done this is people want that instant quick fix. They want to be changed. Instant They'd, gratification. Instant gratification. They don't want to do the work to get the results and that's the same with the diet. They they want instant results. They want to feel good straight away because so-and-so does like, I want to feel like them now. Mm. They don't want to go through the phase. They don't want to do the work um, to get there. It's like training, training a muscle. It's the same thing, training your gut, training your mind. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm. And I think that's what people need to kind of stop stop thinking about and and looking at is that it doesn't happen overnight understand that it is a process and it's okay how long you take just because your friend you know did it quicker than you you know this whole comparison thing of you know he's better than me she's got this i want that it's this whole thing that guess where that stems from mm. so it's just on the social media topic because, you know, you, because that's your space, do you see that a lot? Like uh, I've found 
especially being in the podcast space now and you know trying to grow the following and whatnot there is a lot of comparison mm -hmm. and you are told uh, the, the algorithm will tell you you're not doing enough the algorithm algorithm will show you someone with a better or quotation better life than you or doing more than you so then you get into this i need to be doing more i need to be the best person i could possibly be but you i think need, people need to realize that they already are the best of, of course work on yourself and, and all that in between but you're already the best person you can possibly be right now but you're looking elsewhere for that sort of gratification and and likes and and all that so what do you in your space because you've got a you've got a quite a you've got a big following there so what do, what's your perspective on that because you're there you're you're a part of that so what yeah what do you see for me um personally i use social media as a tool i'm less of a consumer and more of a creator mm -hmm. um, there was stages where i would get totally like sucked in to the whole vicious cycle of you know comparing and, and things like that but when you can understand and I try and understand every day as well because I'm a human. Mm -hmm. uh, I go through waves. But that someone is only showing 15 seconds of their life, say, for instance, in a story of their day, the rest of their day could have been shit. Mm. They're only showing 15 seconds, the best 15 seconds of their whole day. There's 24 hours in a day. I don't know how many seconds there are in an hour, but you can do the math. <laughs> But yet we see that and instantly go, oh, my day's shit. It's not as mm. good as theirs. They're on a jet ski. I'm stuck at work. But that's 15 seconds. Five seconds later, something could have happened and they could have felt not so great, mm. you know? So I think it's important to, you know, if you're in the world of creating or sharing and you have, you know, a following to share some truths and some reality of it as well. The fact that it's not all highlight reels, you know, we are, you know, we, we are humans. And this is what I say. We have emotions. We feel it is normal to be sad. It is normal to be happy. It is normal to be angry. It is normal to be upset. And that comes back to mental health as well in knowing that it's okay to feel bad or feel upset about something or angry um, just because, you know, your neighbor isn't feeling that way right now and they're happy, but you're feeling sad. Doesn't mean five minutes ago they were feeling sad or angry at something, but yet social media, all we see is this happy persona of this person and it builds this false sense of reality. And yes, it's a blessing and a curse social media, but if you can view that and understand um, that, most people will just show the best parts of their life. It's not actually reality. Instagram, social media isn't reality. Real life happens outside of that. It's not getting caught up in the fact that that's not real. It's not, it's not getting caught up in thinking that that's the life. That's it. Yet we all try and strive to have the most perfect lives. And yet then comes mental health issues because we beat ourselves up because we're not, achieving that or we're not feeling that great today but guess what that's normal like i remember you put up a post it was actually because i remember when did you move to the gold coast almost two years ago now i moved to the coast 
Because I remember when you, because f- I, way before then, I followed your, f- which I want to get into a bit later, your first Ironman journey. Oh, yes. So that one I followed, yeah, when, when you lived in Melbourne. And I was, because I was looking at doing one because I've always wanted to do one. And then I was like, I looked up on YouTube and stuff and I was like, and I saw this and I was like, holy shit, this guy actually did it. So then from there, that that's when I would like became a follower and just followed your journey. And, you know, when you moved here, you, you, you put up a, a video or something because you still had a bit of a following then and you were talking about, you know, you had someone come up to you and, and, and you weren't happy, like, because you're, you're quite high energy, like, or high frequency. You're, yeah. you're very positive, optimistic about life and that, that's a beautiful thing. But then, of course, you're, you're fucking human, dude, and you have your fucking shit days. And then you, you were talking about this lady or someone came up to you and said, oh, you're not, you're not like who you are on your video. Yeah. And that sort of hit me. I'm like, what type of person thinks like they're not always like that? And the question to follow this up is when, what's your low frequency day like? What is the day like? What does that look like for the audience, for someone who, who is so high energy and, and, and doing what you do? What does the what does the other end of the spectrum look like? Like I know for me, if I you know, with depression and whatnot, I sit in my room, close the blinds. I don't want to talk to my kids. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to sit there by myself. I want to cry. I want to. I just want to be a mess. Play COD or something, and then look stare at a blank spot on the wall for hours. That's my that's my low frequency. I want to binge. I want to. Just want to be a mess of a human. So for you, what is that for you? Like just to paint that picture of you, because I, I want. I'm talking to forever. I'm talking to Jans, Jansen, not not yeah the creator. I'm talking to the, the guy. Me, the human. Of, yeah, the human. Man, for me, and I love this question. Is I'm the exact same, bro. I don't want to talk to anyone, and that can happen once a week. Hmm. Like I'm in a place where I. I'm not interested in anybody at all other than just feeling what I'm feeling right now. And sometimes, you know, I second guess myself um, and think, what the hell am I doing with my life? And, you know, I like, um, I like eating. So like I'll, I'll cook something like naughty and eat that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause I, cause I just will, but I'm the same. Like I, I'll go for a run by myself. I just want to be alone. You know, I used to, it's funny that you asked this question, but earlier on this year, I I stopped doing it. But when I was feeling like the world was against me and everyone was against me and it was too much, I would go and escape for like five days at a time. I'd go, you know, get an Airbnb up in the mountains, whether that was, you know, sunny coast or in Byron, like literally in the forest with no reception. I would bring up my whiteboard um, and, you know, plan and bring up my, you know, video equipment and like film stuff, just like smash a heap, a bunch of workout and then come back, um, back home five days later. But I was coming back to the same problem because I went to go and escape it so that I could work and like clear my mind and be away from everything. When I came back to my life, to my house, nothing had changed and I went right back into the problem. You know, and so it was a conversation that I had with one of my friends and he said, you need to learn 
how to deal with your shit in your home, in your workplace. Because you can't keep going and escaping. That's not how you're going to live life because you're going to come back and the problem is still going to be there. You need to learn how to work at home and work through the problem there. Stop running away. It doesn't work. And that hit me hard. He's someone who gives me advice that's like very like punch in the face advice and I'm like, shut up. Like I don't <laughs> want to hear it, but I know it's good for me. Yeah. Do you know that that yeah. that one friend that you just like, shut up. I don't want to do that. I don't want to hear it, but I know I need to. Well, mo- like most parents that go do this, you like that you know it's the right thing, but you're like, I don't want to be told what to do. Fuck off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to be told what to do, but eventually it's like, okay, it's sunk in now. Mm-hmm. And now I know how to deal with my things um inside of my you know workplace or home um but there is still times where like i'll go out for a run and to clear my head when i've had a big day or i've got a problem on my mind like running is my form of like clarity i'll get into a complete different state for the first half hour or whatever it is that i'm on the run i'll the problems they'll be dealt with and then i'll get into this state of bliss where i'm like oh this is so good and you come back and you're like how good? Like I just the problem wasn't as big. It was, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you overthink things when you're sitting in it as well. You overthink it. But going away on a holiday and escaping wasn't wasn't working. So I'm grateful for my friend having you know pulled me up on it. And so with that one on 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 the sort of topic of mental health and you know to change gears a bit, you know. You, you at the start of the podcast, you you mentioned why you did the run for mental health. Now I want to dive into that if if you're open to it and and talk about you know the losses that you've had in your life. Um, you know even even everything. What I'm finding with you is it's tied in with mental health, especially like you know we're speaking when we spoke on the phone. Um, you know you you didn't have a dad growing. And you weren't shown, you know, that sort of masculine—I don't know what you want to call it—masculine energy to to guide you the way. But in a way, it sort of positioned you perfectly in where you and who you are right now. Um, but to, to 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 go back to the to the question, you know, let's talk about the mental health side of things and and who you've lost and how that's affected you in your life, not just as the athlete, but you, as you as Jansen. Yeah, I guess I'll probably start with the first one was almost losing myself mm. in the fact that I was in such a state. How long ago, rough? When I was 16, um, I was in such a state where I, because I didn't grow up without, a, I grew up without a father, you know, and I was surrounded by all this masculine, you know, energy in a, private boys school I felt like a massive outsider you know and nothing I ever did was good enough I was never you know I felt like I was never accepted you know to be one of the boys and I would always be getting in trouble because I was um doing what they told me to do because I was like sweet I want to be invited to the party I wanted to be invited to your house after to play FIFA whatever it was so I would do the thing and then I would get in trouble. And I guess that kind of stems from, 
if we're going to be talking about like really early on me triggering that back to not having realized that when I, when I was in that, but looking back now, not having a father, that feeling of being rejected. Why didn't he want me? Why, why did he leave? You know, when my mum was three months pregnant, like what, what, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like, so all through my childhood until I was 16 <clears throat> was like, I wasn't good enough. My own father didn't want me. You know what I mean? Mm. And so having that masculinity ripped out of my life made me pine for it more and made me, you know, kind of live life for validation from, from my peers. Yeah. So for me... I just felt like I kept hitting brick walls um, and it got to a point where like I was like, nothing's really working here. Like I, what am I even doing on this, on this planet? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and it was a point where I had my last meeting in the principal's office and my mum was there sitting next to me and, you know, every time she would get a call from the school saying, you know, I'd done something again. She was like, here we go. Like, fucking this kid just never learns. He's always getting in trouble. But I guess she didn't know how I was feeling. Um, and maybe I didn't really even know how I was feeling. I just felt like I was lost in this world and I'd been rejected and no one at school liked me. And I'm just this like, excuse my French, but like I'm just this, I felt like a little outsider, little gay boy, you know because I was so feminine and then it was even heightened to the fact that because I was on TV at, at, at a young age and I was dating a girl who was really a 40-year-old guy, you know, then that added more fuel to the fire um, for people to pick on me, you know. Yeah. I would get bashed and be called like complete names, you know, to the fact that I was like, well, this is my identity now, you know. Um, this is how I'm going to be my whole life. I'm just going to be picked on. And there's still moments today after all of the work that I've done that I'm still like, does that person like, do they like me? Or like, are they just, especially with males, sometimes I still look at a male and go like, do you really want to hang out with me? Like, am I good enough? Mm. Sometimes that still comes in. And I just want to tell people that, no matter how much work you do and get over things, it's okay if sometimes things still slip back in. That's okay. As long as you can step back and recognize what's actually happening rather than take that, you know, bait and run with it and dive deeper into a hole. And it's okay if you do that too for a little time. But as long as you can look back and, and realize like, hey, I've grown from that. Even if you get a little bit triggered, it's fine. It is totally fine, you know. I don't know if there's any sort of like trauma release or whatever that can completely get rid of absolutely everything. And if there is, please, you know, sing out. <laughs> um, but, you know, we get so caught up in the fact that, oh, God, it's hit me again. Like I feel like unworthy and, you know, after all the work I've done on myself, all this stuff. I'm just right back, but you're not right back as long as you can recognize that. Um, and yeah, for me, it was that one meeting where my principal was like, Hey Jansen, he's like, this 
is going to be the last time I'm going to call you into this office. Next time I will expel you. You will not be here anymore. And at the time I was working at McDonald's, you know, as a, as a kid, first job. <laughs> and my mum, we got into the car and, you know, she was bawling her eyes out and I was crying and she looked over to me and she said, you know that job that you have? She said, if you don't cut this shit out, you can, you can be there full time and you can move out. I'm done with you. And that hit me, man. I don't know what happened the next day, but my mum still tells me to this day that you turned a whole 180 and became this total different person, mm. the person that I knew you always were, mm. that your teachers always knew you were. That's why they kept you in that school because they could see the potential. Mm. I was a straight-A kid, man. Like I, I'm very, I was very smart. You know, I finished school with like a, a 95 ATAR um, and I just wasn't accessing my full potential because I was pining for that validation. But that next day after I woke up, and I'm so thankful it happened at 16 because some people never do it in their whole life, but I stopped giving predominant fucks about everyone and what everyone thought of me and was like, no, I'm doing me. This life is for me. It is for no one else. As long as I'm not hurting anybody else and I still live by this today, I don't give a fuck about anyone else but myself. Mm. Sure, I'll show compassion and love and help people, but if the decision affects me, you know, negatively, mm. not doing it. And so at 16, I had that realisation after that serious moment and me also feeling like I'm an outsider and shouldn't even be here on this planet. Um, you know, I turned around and, you know, everyone at school was like, you know, why aren't you doing that anymore? Like, why aren't you, you know, getting in trouble and, you know, doing what we tell you to do? So I completely turned a whole corner and became, you know, house captain in the final year of my school. I got the top leadership award of like the whole school for my year level and yeah, I just started like getting into my own space, you know, started smashing the gym and just like getting like real. I don't know whether it was at that time to prove that I was, you know, something else, but whatever it was, it helped me get out of that, you know, bad kind of situation. Yeah. And to this day, you know, I live life for me and I don't really care what anybody thinks. Man, I just want to say like, just thank you for sharing that because, it, you know, for me personally as well, like when I think about past traumas and brings back past memories and that sometimes can hurt. And I know for you and just watching you, like you, you were back there and I can see you're feeling what, what you felt back then. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that and for the audience, I think they're going to appreciate just how, like again, this podcast is for this the real raw talking from one human to another human, fuck, fuck social media, fuck the rest off. It's to have a real conversation because, you know, people like, I, I do, I, I look up up at, up to you and go, wow, like you're, you're a fucking exceptional endurance athlete. You've got a big following. You make great content. You, you cook all this beautiful food. But then I, you know, we, we, we pull down those layers and we just as 
human as the guys here, the guys downstairs. Like we're all part of this experience together. Like it, it's that simple. And we might be doing different things, but we've all got we've all got a fucking story, mm. and and some worse than others. So like to hear that from you, it just you know paints you in a, in a light. And I I hope for other people that you're just as fucking human as the guys who are listening to this podcast. So I thank you. I really do thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. And I also want to say that, like, that's how I view everybody else, is no matter what position somebody is in, whether they're CEO of a company or the creator of Instagram or whoever they are, they're real people with real problems just like us. They were just in the right place at the right time, took the right opportunity, whatever, doesn't mean they're any better than you or you're any better than them. We're, we're all here. We all have brains. We all have hearts. We all have arms and legs, well, most of us. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're all the exact same but different, you know. So that's why, you know, I don't judge anybody by what position they're in, how much money they have, what they look like. Because you don't know what's going on inside. Mm. And you don't know until you poke or you peel back the layers who that person really is. Mm. You know, we see all the time, you know, these people driving around in these nice cars and we're like, man, that guy's a tool or whatever, you know, and we instantly have that judgment of them. Sometimes I have it. And, it th- and again, knowing that that's normal but also recognizing yourself in that moment going, hey, I probably shouldn't have judged that person, even if it's to yourself, because I have no idea Mm. where they're going or where they have just been or what's going on in their brain. But instantly, and it's what Instagram and stuff has done, is we see that success, we see what we want, and we got no idea how that person got there, Mm. what they've experienced, what hurdles, what mountains they've had to climb or jump to be in the position that they are. Some may have been out of luck, but I tell you what, majority of it is hard fucking work. But we don't see that. We just see the red Ferrari. Mm. We don't see all the Toyotas before. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really like I that. just made that up. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Now, okay, so I, I like that a lot. Now, to, to change direction here a bit, to pull us out of that, deep crevasse i've completely forgot you were on was it summer summer it's high yeah so i don't don't want to talk much about it so what was your role in for people who don't know um summer heights high was a what would you call it just like a say it's like a com australian type comedy yeah chris lee's a very talented, introverted comedian. I met him once. Mm. Oh, really? Yes, very introverted, very... Yeah, very shy. Yeah, but nice guy. Um, so you, you played the the boyfriend, oh, like when you... How old were you then? Like 11. 11. So 17 years ago. Jesus Christ. Long time. That's a long time And it's ago, still man. getting passed around on social media. I didn't even recognise, because everyone was like, you played someone in Summer High, high Time, I was like... Which, which, <laughs> and then I was like looking around, I'm like, oh, it's okay, cool. Mm. 
So were you acting back then or was that like something you were into or? Yeah. So I grew up like my mum had a kids like modeling and talent agencies. Yeah. So I pretty much grew up with a camera in my face. I grew up a child model and did like all the TVCs and magazines and stuff as a kid. So uh, that I was had that opportunity pretty much passed to me yeah. on a plate. But I did audition and, you know, did get on the show by true merit. But yeah, yeah that's kind of how I grew up. Yeah, and with your mum, and have you have you you've got siblings? I have one sister. Yeah, yeah, and I'm guessing they're super supportive of your athletic feats. Like, they're are they always? Do they still live in Melbourne? So my sister is still in Melbourne. Um, yep. she was recently just up here, which was nice because yep. I haven't seen her in a while. But my mum lives here. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, like they're super supportive of like your running and uh, and what you do, like athletically, what uh, you do. Yeah, I'm grateful to have like family who supports um and believes in what i want to do or just my you know goals and you know whether they're there you know just for moral support or whatever support it is you know especially my mom she's always there and she always has been um you know through business and and life um i guess because we had that such a strong bond since i was a kid I didn't have a dad, remember. So my mum is like, still is my best friend, you know. As much as annoying, I'm sorry, mum, if you're listening to this, as sometimes mums can be, like we were just talking about before, or dads or whatever, it's like they only want the best for you. Yeah. It's funny because (laughs) she sent me this thing the other day, and I love you if you're listening, mum. She sent me this thing, and it was a Facebook reel. And it was this guy that just got into this car and he was saying, you know, it was about mums and mums only do this because they love you. Mums do this because they love you. They do this because they want the best for you. Like it was just, and she sent me that message without any context. And there was a point where she was like, where he said, and they do this for you because they know how great you are how amazing you are and how capable they are and they want to see you succeed your dreams. Mm. And then he said something else, but that bit just like made me cry. Mm. I showed it to my housemate and she watched it and she obviously has a bond with her mum as well and she just started bawling her eyes out. Like like me being a parent of two kids, like I, I can say that I can understand because we don't look at our, like once you have kids, you'll go, oh, I get it. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Like, I don't go, I'm a father, I know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do with these two kids. I'm just, like, I'm going to make sure they're as safe as possible, they get food, they have the cleanest clothes. But then you realise that's our parents. They had no fucking idea what they were doing. And they they just want the best for you. Like, they've got a bit more life experience than us. So some decisions they made in the past or whatnot, you know, we, we were teenagers and we go, no, fuck you. I'm, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm. They have more experience. But it all ends up coming around with the, the main theme, love. Like, it, that's it. That's all it stems from. It's that they love you enough to, to want the best for you. So it's, not, it's nice to, that, like, it's very, it, it's uncommon, you know, especially with toxic masculinity and that. And, like, I have, I have a great bond with my mum as well. But not many males like to say that. Tell you what, I fucking love getting a cuddle from my mum. 
when she puts her hands out for a hug, it's like she's yeah. a little Japanese lady. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> I just give her like just a big bear hug, and it's just like the best thing because you're being held by mm. you're being held. That's what it is. You're being held because someone loves you. So it's yeah, it's nice. It's nice, man. Um, how are we going for time? Yeah, cool. Um, so we'll, we'll land. We'll slowly land this thing. Um, because I could ki- man, I could talk to you. Oh. Like it's already nearly been an hour. How good. Um so oh, we didn't even get to touch on your uh hundred miler, Gold Coast hundred miler and your triathlon. Mm. What were so what were the other ones you did? You did hundred and sixty kilometers on the Gold Coast. You did your sol- solo self oh, Iron Man in Melbourne. Yeah. What is that? And then I did cans. Yeah. Um, and I also did a like a half on my own. Yeah. As well, and then just a bunch of like triathlons and. Yeah. So out of all of those experiences with endurance sports and and you growing as a person, what was the one that stood out the most that you learnt a lot from or the most from? Um, I'm gonna probably have to say it was the Ironman journey. Yep. And I, I might get into them again next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the relentless hours of the training, you know, six hours plus on a bike at like 2 a.m. in the morning in the cold. Or at that time, you know, we were going through COVID and I was in Melbourne. I was on an indoor trainer oh. for six hours at a time on um, – what's that? What's that game? Zwift. Zwift, yeah. You know, and I would have everything set up on the kitchen bench next to me, potatoes, oats, like all the whole foods there. But I was literally inside on a bike for six hours and then I'd go out and do a do a run. So, But it was more so the training of like mentally sitting there for six hours and what came in to my brain, you know, the problems. You, you have to deal with them. You can get off the bike and go about your life but i loved it so much because that's why i love endurance it it tests you as a human you know what's going on in the brain how can you overcome it and it when you do it so much it's like meditation right you get into a space where it can become a creative space and you can come up with new ideas and that's the one thing i love about running for me is it's also a place where I can get super creative, you know, with business ideas or collaborations or what I want to yeah. do that as soon as I finish that run, I'm like, I action it straight away or yeah. write it down because I'm like, that is gold. I need to do that. But I get into that flow where I'm just like in nature mm. and things just come to you. It's, it's, it's amazing. But for me, yeah, I would definitely say it was like the 35 plus hours a week training for the Ironman, three disciplines, run, swim, bike, you yeah. know, which all of them don't help each other. Mm-hmm. They actually make each other not worse, but you can swim, it's not going to help you running. You can ride, it's not going to help you running. You can run, it's not going to help you swimming. Mm. It, but it's like you need to be good at all three. Mm. You can't be amazing at one and shit at the other two. Cause that's not going to help you when it comes to doing the race. Yeah. Um, but it was incredible to watch having have done my first 
one by myself in horrendous conditions. Like yeah. I'm, sh- I think you would have seen that video. Yeah. Like the swell, the ocean was like, and it was pitch black. It was four a.m. in Melbourne, and the I literally was just trying to survive in that ocean, doing that three point eight k around the shipwreck, and just like I was like, I just want to get through this. I want to get out of the water. And it was funny because my friends had rolled up after I'd just got on the bike and left mm. and looked at the ocean and th- thought, surely he didn't swim in that. Like, is he dead? Because <laughs> I saw that and I was like, that played with me because I'm like, I'm, I, I don't know how. I, I'm scared, not scared of the water, but anything below me. Like, I, it's like I'm petrified. Especially when you can't see. Oh, yeah, but it's just like, for me, my mentality is, and I take it into everything and I thank that training for me because it's helped me, is we're here, we could be gone when I walk out this door. Like, something could happen. So I give my all and go, fuck it, who cares? Like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Other than death. But, but then I go, maybe then I believe in the fact that if it is my time, mother nature, whatever, it is my time. I will go. I will die. If I get eaten by a shark, mm. I was meant to get eaten by a shark and that was my destiny. It is what it is. So I don't not do something because I'm afraid of dying or afraid of – I'm not going to do stupid shit to purposely die. <laughs> Or injure myself But if I'm doing an experience And I've trained for it Or whatever You know I will do it And if something bad happens I'm always Accepting that the fact That that was meant to happen Because That happened Exactly the way That that happened Mm -hmm. But I never expect That's the thing I was talking about With somebody Never expect anything Because you lead You set yourself up For disappointment Always accept it is how it is, and that's the way it was meant to be. Nice, man. I like that. Now, I like because yeah, it's a, we're just we're running short on time at the moment. Like, did I, like I to, answer your question? Yeah, you know, you did. Um, so to 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 round this out, to land the thing, to just leave it on a high. What is something? Or what do you know? What is your message to the world? To the audience it can be anything anything at all doesn't have to be mental health related can, can be can be your own personal whatever it is i think it comes down to why i live and my purpose um and my why really for what i do is i want people to understand that the human body is made to move you should move every day you're blessed to be able to wake up every day. You should praise the Lord that you can get out and use your arms and your legs and be grateful and appreciative. But also know that life is long, but life is also short. So take opportunities when they come up not every opportunity, but if it is something that you have dreamed of, don't punch your 10-year-old person, yourself, in the face 
by not taking that opportunity because once you did dream that you could have that and if it's being placed in front of you and it aligns at that time, take that opportunity because you have no idea where that could lead you and you've wanted it for so long. So when it comes, it's so easy when it when something comes to you that you have wanted for a while to look it in the face and go, oh, nah, not right now. But you have had countless nights where you're like, oh, I really want this. I really want to do that. Like, oh, I can't wait. And then all of a sudden you're presented with that opportunity and you go, actually, no. It's like you're kicking yourself in the face. Um, so take that opportunity. But then also understand as well that balance is so important in life. You know, there's this whole mentality of the hustle and the grind and that's okay, you know, but as long as you have implemented balance in your life as well where you're not running yourself completely into the ground forever or you recognize that this is just a period where I need to work really hard to achieve this goal but this isn't going to be my life forever because it's so easy to get caught up nowadays because we want things and we want to be huge and we want money and we want this. And But it then comes back down to your why. Why are you doing this? What does it make you feel? What is your purpose for doing this? And how long do you want to do this for? That's why for me, everything that I do is for life. It's about longevity and like I said to you before, I want to be running until I'm 100 years old. To anyone listening, that may sound crazy, but I implement, you know, a lot of things that are surrounded around um, health and wellness, like good food, good water, good rest, good recovery. Um, And I want to be doing that for the rest of my life. think comes down to you know to be great you have to consistently be good it's as simple as that i think you hit it right on the head yeah that's land the thing man thank you so much for doing this thank you for your insight thank you for your sharing thank you for being here and doing this with me man i really really do appreciate it and to get that different perspective of your life and what you've been through it's it's an honor thank you Thanks for having me and I hope this conversation today, you know, at least one person either reaches out to that person um, and and checks in with them saying, you know, if they're okay or, you know, finally confides in someone with how they're feeling and they feel comfortable to do so um, or takes something from this and goes, cool, I'm going to implement that in my life. But feel free to reach out to either of us, send us a message. I'll put all your stuff in there show notes anyway so yeah i'm always up for a chat peace cheers if you did enjoy this week's episode of the Running Deep podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Five-star rating would help. 
or even just a rating on Spotify or anything at all on any platform that you guys use. And uh, yeah, hopefully I will see you guys very, very soon. Peace.